amen, amen. Who's ready to serve the Lord this morning? Who's ready to do their rightful service to the Lord? If you would, let's go ahead and stand up. And in Psalms 100, verse 2, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Well, I would like to tell you we're in His presence right now. So if you would, with us as we sing, sing unto Him and serve Him with gladness on this morning. And let's have some church.
bless your name. I will wait on you. You will renew our strength. Oh.
want to take prayer requests. We have Justin Boyd, Virgil Freeland, Lloyd Ustry, Brooklyn Poole, Jana Leverton, Dot Lipscomb, Garrett Landers, Megan Spann, Staten Lewis, Ralph Dove, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hush, Lois Weems, Lucille McFatridge, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Walt Andrea Irwin, Mildred and George Pratt, Brother and Sister Proctor, Billy and Vicky Trinado, Brother and Sister Bristow. And when Sister Kylie mentioned that, talking about waiting on the Lord, it stirred up a memory of mine that I thought was not spiritual at all. But God has a way of bringing up things that are so ordinary and so mundane, it seems like, and showing that there is a principle in it to learn from. And there was a time, I believe, last year that Sterling and I were in South Dakota, and we were driving. Well, actually, we weren't driving yet, but a friend of ours said, hey, I think we're going to go out to eat. We're going to call you and let you know where we're going. And so at first, we kind of waited in the parking lot to see, you know, figure out where we were going, but we didn't hear a word yet from him. We didn't, the guy didn't call us to tell us where he was going yet. And so we were kind of just sitting there not doing anything. And so then we decided, like, well, you know what? Let's just start driving because we'll, we'll definitely be closer at that point than where we are now. So when he calls on us, we're going to be a little bit closer. We're not just going to be sitting still, but at least we'll be somewhere. So we started just driving around town, started driving. And when he received, whenever he called us, we were probably two minutes away from that restaurant. And so it's something that's just a funny little coincidence, but God began to show me just then as she was speaking, move. You don't know where to go yet. You don't know what the next call is. You don't know if that healing is coming. Move towards me. Don't sit still. Pray. Seek me. Pray. Read your Bible. Pray. Come after me. And whenever I move, you're going to be so much closer to me. You're going to begin to move. Don't stand still. But begin to move towards me. And whenever I call on you, whenever I move on you, whenever I heal, that change isn't going to be sudden. It isn't going to be foreign to you because you've been moving this whole time. And so I encourage anybody in here, if you've been waiting for 10 years, you've been waiting for 10 minutes, move this morning. Move to the altar. Ministers are going to anoint you with oil. But I encourage you today to move in his presence. Move today towards him. And he is ready to call and to heal and to deliver. Father, I thank you for your power and your spirit. I thank you for your healing capability. God, I know that you've healed me once in my life. And that's all I need to know that you can do it again. I've read of miracles, God, in the Bible. And that's all I need to know to know that you can do it again. So, God, I pray that you move on every single need, that we reach out to you, that we look towards you, and that we move, God, in your presence, doing what you've called for us to do, seeking your face, looking to you, God. And we will see the miracles. We will see the deliverance. We will see what we've been looking for. When you move, in Jesus' name, amen. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak
Oh 
situation but that's not why we give him the praise we give him the praise strictly just because of who he is and what he has done for us as far as our liberty that we are given each and every single day that we wake up with breath in our lungs oh the lord is so wonderful i heard a quick a quick thing off of my i think it was instagram or facebook i I can't remember exactly i don't know even what this, what kind of church this guy goes to, but hey, if it's truth, it's truth. And so, um, and he was speaking on the passage of Matthew 14, verses 28 and 29, and it says, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. And the fellow, he made the point, he said, it's, it's funny, you know, how, how dead set and how focused we can be on God when we have a prayer request. Because it's weird because, you know, we think all the time it says God called us, but really it was a prayer request from Peter saying, God, if this is you, call me to you. But you see, the trick is whenever we get an answered prayer request... It's a little bit easier to look away from God. And of course, we all know the story goes, Peter looked down at the water and he started to sink. But Jesus reached back in and said, I see you lost vision. I see you lost sight of what was important. It's okay. I'm still gonna pull you out of the water. And he gets, he gets Peter back in the boat. But I would just like to not, not condemn today and not convict, but give inspiration and encouragement of don't lose sight of what's truly important. Yes, whenever we get blessings, it is huge and it's awesome. Don't let the blessings, though, be our blesser in our life. Let's take that and let's say, God, thank you for the blessing. Now I'm carrying it with me and I'm keeping my eyes on you. But if you do lose sight, which we will, that's why we're human. And until I see one of you raptured up out of here, I'll just be honest with you, we're all going to fall. He says, I got you. I saw you lost sight. It's okay. I got you because I'm going to reach in the waters and I'm going to pull you out. I get it's a little wavy out here and I get the storms brewing, but I'm going to pull you out. And we can just course correct. 
and get our eyes back on Jesus. If the ushers would now come at this time, my goodness, God, I don't deserve you, Lord. Lord, but Lord, let me never lose sight of you. Jesus, thank you so much for what you've already done here today and what you've already done in each and every single one of our lives. But God, besides that, thank you for being you. Thank you for being the God that died on Calvary and gave us liberty for each and every day. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless each and every one of these people here today, spiritually, financially, emotionally, and physically. In Jesus' name, amen. Send it on down. Send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. Send it on down. Send it on down. Send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. up 
several Esthers in our church family. And one of them I saw this week stand boldly for her place in the kingdom of God and then be led with her dad front and center stage at the ball stadium. I couldn't help but get a little pride because I've known y'all's family since before you were born. And to see them raising you and you following Jesus to the best of your ability was a real thrill. I want us to thank God for letters like this to a local area that needs to know Jesus in a greater way. Would you just praise the Lord with us as she leaves? have already figured it out but there's nobody that needs Jesus more than me he is the way the truth and the light and when I stand in his presence and sense his word and the limitations of my life I realize I do really need to need him Sometimes it's easy to say those words, but knowing that you need to need him is critical. The Bible makes it very clear, they that hunger and thirsteth after righteousness shall be filled. He will never force his power, his glory, his ways, his love. He's just not a God that's going to force his bride. She will come lovingly, caring, wanting, desiring. And as you've noticed, bride doesn't mean female in the natural sense of God's use. It is the weaker vessel for sure. But that's the more sensitive and the more limited. And so in that setting... We need each other. And so it is that God needs a bride. Because without a bride, he couldn't be complete. He is complete because he has a bride. And so it's a thrill to know he can't do without us. So you know what he's going to do with us? Creating us a clean heart. Give us a clear vision and then empower us to embrace the above. Could we thank him again today? Father, I praise your name today. I magnify your name. I am honored today to be a part of your people. And I pray that your will be done. All right, let's see. It's, here it is. My printer wouldn't work this morning, so I am. If these guys go out of business, I'm still going. 
James, the book of supposed wisdom according to the people that are supposed to be in the know. In the book of James, you don't have to read far to read a lot because it's such a phenomenal book. But James says, he giveth more grace. Now, I added the word teaching because I want us to get the realization, the grace of God that hath appeared unto all men teaching us. That is a scripture that has been peddled over to man's idea. It is unmerited favor that God would try to take us who are weak and try to teach us how to be strong. That is unmerited favor, but that's only a part of the definition. And so it's real simple to try to make people think and feel like that grace just covers it all and you have nothing to do. He says faith is what saves you, but faith without works is dead. So I don't want to be a dead saved person. I want to be a living epistle known and read of all men. So he giveth, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. Now, that doesn't mean he comes out and tries to knock you down. That's not what that means. It means when you try to come get his pocketbook, and he knows you're going to spend life on yourself, he resists the proud. When you come to him kneeling and say, could you give me help? Just don't spend it yet. Now, I'm going to take that back after a while. And God's not going to take his spirit out of you. So I don't want you to get the wrong impression here. He giveth grace to the humble. Humble, I wrote it in there because, again, that obedient, the word obedient is you receive and then after you receive what his word is, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh. You cannot separate the word from God Almighty, and you cannot separate the word from Jesus Christ. They are all one sensitivity and sensibility. And so hide the word in your heart, or be filled with the spirit of truth in your heart, are synonymous. They work together. You cannot separate the word from the Almighty. You cannot separate the Almighty from the word. They are totally complete in themselves. So when you've seen me, you've seen the Lord or the God or the word is what Jesus was trying to help us understand. And James is trying to bring us to a rational realization that submit yourselves, therefore, to God, the Word, the will of God, and then you can resist the devil. Because all you have to do is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and watch what happened when the supposed 
people that thought they could take over religion and make religion greater than salvation. That's a big, big thing. And so they decided they had to get rid of anything that was greater than their little opinions about God, the world, and life. And so they decided to do what needed to be done. They needed to know that the will of God could outlive the graveyard and a cross. And so they thought putting him on the cross, stuffing him in a grave would get rid of him because that's the way they got rid of their other enemies. But none of the others come out of that grave. But he did. And when he came out, it shook their whole world. And guess what? When you come out of sin and you become as him, you live his word, you live in his spirit, and it shakes up your neighbors and they want to kill you. They talk about you. Oh, that's old Mr. Sanctimonious over there. That's old Miss Holy over there. And they make fun and ridicule. Don't let that stuff bother you. Know who you are in Jesus Christ. And when you're hid with Christ in God, then all of a sudden you know no weapon formed against you can prosper because it just don't work. I'm still in Jesus. I still love Jesus. I still love my neighbor. I still love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to teach you how to be a Pentecostal. I'm here to teach you how to be like the one who is right now ruling and reigning in the entire universe and you're quickly moving that direction now fortunately I stay Pentecostal because Pentecost was a subsequent event to Matthew Mark Luke and John that's the reason I stay in the framework of Pentecostalism is because suddenly from heaven there came a sound as a rushing mighty wind and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave them the utterance and they were all baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not moving out of Pentecost. I am taking Pentecost as the way I see it to be Jesus Christ covered by the blood, enamored by the Word, and enabled by the power of the Holy Ghost to move out of a graveyard just like he did one day and overcame hell, death, and all the other stuff. And he never liveth, hallelujah, to make intercession. And right now his prayers are, God's Spirit be in you and let the Word live and activate you and let my name be named among your home and let my name be the name you use to honor and to chase demons and devils out of your mind and out of your heart and out of your home and out of your city. I'm here to preach Jesus because he is evermore the savior of a world and he's about to come back and I want you to be ready. So James is saying draw nigh to that God. And then he will draw nigh to you. 
cleanse your hands, your sin, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. One day you love him, and the next day he disappointed you, and one day you can praise him, and the next day you can't praise him. He pitches a tent and dwells where people praise him. Take your faith to its highest level and praise him when you don't feel like it. There's 14 of you out of the crowd. I said, take your faith and praise him when you don't feel like it. Because that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's faith. Faith says, God, I know you're there. And I know you got my back. And I know you're coming for me. Faith says, I will serve you regardless of how I feel about things. Faith says, I will follow you regardless of who does or don't. Faith says, I will trust you regardless of who does or don't because my faith is the only thing that can save my life. Are we afraid that truth will foul up our plans? Come out of the world and be your separate? Oh, well, I can't serve God and man and I tell you what, my neighbor means more to me than God. I promise you your neighbor's not going to get you out of a grave. I promise you the most wealthy person that will donate all kind of funds to you cannot get you into heaven. But I will tell you there's one who can get you out of the grave, one who can get you into heaven. And if you will follow him, he will make you that you shall never be ashamed. So, Is our faith in God in place in Christ? Again, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became, stand up and tell the people, I know it. The Word became flesh. The one's way over in the corner. The Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of one that could live in a way that was supernatural. One that would respond in a way that no human ever responded. I mean, you know, that that one guy, you know, he said, uh, if they slap you on the other cheek, get theirs before they get your next one. Are we moving upward in life? Because the more disdain and the more criticism a lot of times people want to hide their relationship with Jesus Christ try to dress like the world act like the world talk like the world go with the world and all of that stuff huh as for me in my house we will what you ain't even been here 10 years yet, and you saying that? That must be why you got a good little daughter. Where do you fit in this universal plan? And let me just say this as, as you contemplate that. 
don't you hide like the proverbial ostrich because you may have not been everything you want to be yet. That's what hope does. Hope says, man, I see new, new dimensions. Hope says, I see new places I can move into. Because if so-and-so can find that much, Simon Peter was one of the, I mean, you know, he was a cussing dude. Y'all didn't know that. Don't be looking around right now. See if there's any Simon sitting close. Simon actually was very rebellious. But God saw a man that had a backbone to stand for what he believed, and he said, I'll just turn him around a little bit and give him a new belief, and he will do more for me in that new belief with that same sign of charisma, and he will become one of my chosen speakers. And thus, on the day of Pentecost, Simon Peter stood with the eleven, lifting up his voice. You men of Judea and all of you at Jerusalem, Wow, what a God, what a God that could take somebody like Simon Peter and make him a grandeur among people. So, there's always a door. And Jesus always has an open door. Because he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and I am the door. And If you knock on the door, I will open the door. And not only will I open the door, I will say, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and burdened down with wives. I mean, with life. I mean, we might as well have fun. I just don't believe in dead church. I believe that God has come to give you life and that more abundantly, and I plan to touch every corner of his abundance. And so what happens is, I want to tell you what's happening. Look out there right now. She looks like she's about to cry, but she was laughing and smiling about when you come because she knows how much you love her, and you know how much she loves you, and that's how come I could use you all. All right? So, there's always a door. And he said, I have called you out of this world. I I, I see people that call themselves, they like to call themselves Christians, but they want to live like the world, in the world, the way of the world, and do the things of the world. Now, please don't go sell your car. Keep the car. We need you in this world. Don't quit your job. We, we really need you in this world. So you've got to understand what he's talking about when he said, come out of the world. And that's the world system, the world of sin. I'll do my own thing. Great to have a great education, and it's great to have a lot of things. But it's not great if you love them more than you love him. 
I'm trying to preach it straight because I'm telling you, straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to life everlasting. That's a critical statement in the idea of which door you choose to walk through. So, serve the Lord with all thine heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to the angel or the pastor of the United Pentecostal Church of Paris or Philadelphia, either one, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Somebody said, Man, God don't even look at works. Really? He said, faith without works is dead. And then in his final closing remarks to the world in Revelation, he says that no man shutteth and shutteth no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut. I want to tell you in no uncertain terms, nobody can keep you out of hell but yourself. He's calling somebody right now, turn to me, come unto me. I will give you rest that you can't find in a doctor's office or a pill or a a drunk. You can't find it there. But if you'll come to my altar and surrender your life to me, I will make you over again and you'll never have a weary day that you wonder, can the bread of life feed me? Can the wonder of the world of the spirit of the kingdom take care of me? I am here to preach to you. Jesus is calling you out of a system that will devour you. And he will enlarge your coast. He will make you great. He will make you glorious. And you'll be able to look in the mirror and be glad you are him. I wish somebody would stand and praise him. Oh, God, what a God. What a God. What a God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you pray for your neighbor? Pray for your wife. Pray for your husband. Let's pray a prayer right now. And then after you've prayed for one another, I want us to pray for every preacher in this city, every church family in this city. Oh, God, send a revival to Lamar County. Upgrade the spiritual economy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now, this is the closing book of the Bible, and he's still talking about faith without works is dead. And he's still saying, I know thy works. In other words, my angels are reporting daily on your conversation, on your real heartbeat, and how you're living, and how you're talking. It's huge stuff. That's what the doctor does when he runs an x-ray on you. He looks at the parts you can't see. With your naked eye, you cannot see all that stuff. You may feel the weird of it. And we feel the weird when it's not righteous peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's when you feel the weird. And that's when the enemy tells you, God don't care about you. And that's when you cave in and say, God don't care about me. That's not God saying.
wife or husband ever says that, you look at them in kindness and gentility and tell them, the devil is a liar. Turn that lie around and you're going to find the other power source of light. So, I have set before thee an open door. Your future is only beginning. Man, you're way ahead of what I was when I was 30. He liked to swallow it half his tongue. Ladies and gentlemen, Going to the house of God ought to be the greatest thrill in our life because it's the washing of the water by the word. It's washing out the doubts. It's washing out the fear. It's leaving room for the breath of God. It's leaving room for the glory of God. It's leaving room for the holiness of God. It's giving room for the clarity of God. I'm telling you, the house of God is the place to be in an hour when the world is in chaos. And that's why I said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, because as you see that day approaching you ought to be getting together more it ought to be more hilarious in the Holy Ghost because I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it you can walk as deep into the chamber of God's glory and God's power and God's will than you've ever walked before because the last days are going to point out to us the way of the world is corrupt the way of the world is dark the way of the world is sinister the way of the world is pathetic but the glory of the latter house shall be glorious and wonderful I put that picture on there because it was a recent picture of North Texas district leadership but I couldn't help but get the realization of the word of God. He said, I know my plans for you. And they are plans of good, not evil. But he said this. Brother Andrew, you hadn't helped me in a while. I'm telling you, that Thomas family is raising some fabulous young men. Just pretend that I'm God. Just for a a minute. And, And pastor has some plans for you. But my plans don't even get near as close to what his plans are for you. His plan for you is to be able to walk in his glory. And so you got to decide about your plans for his plan. Thank you. Now you only represented 150 people sitting out there. I just couldn't crowd them all on the platform. But if you had any idea when you look in that mirror when you get home and you see one elderly wrinkle.
don't you worry. Stay true to God, and you're going to get you a whole new body. You can't remake that one without, I don't care if Marilyn Kay or whatever her name is or all the others. You can't get young again. I'm here to tell you, grow in grace, understanding, and live it and love it, and let's move forward in the righteousness of the king. Let's let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We ought to be shouting like never before because we have an open door. We have a hope. We have a love. We have an empty grave. Nobody else has that. I'm telling you the redeemed of the Lord ought to be shouting and joyful in their relationship. Woo! Oh, glory, glory, glory. He's alive. I wish several of you men, while the rest of them are seated, when several of you men get your fists doubled up and you tell the devil, you can't have my house. You can't have my people on my job. God's got his eye on them. And I'm going to assist God in helping them. That's right. We're not about to give up. We're not about to slow down. Not what this is about, but you tell me now if I start acting like I'm an old man. I don't plan to get old. I plan to go to heaven before that. Oh, and I'm planning on living past 80, so. Somebody say, I've got plans. I hope you men have got plans. You're the one that's in charge of that home. And if you fail to do it, I thank God that a wife will stand up. The head of the house don't mean the boss. It just means the leader. Boy, it got sanctimoniously quiet. Let's get this next picture up here as quick as I can. God's calling you out. Come unto me, you that are weary, you that are really laboring in it, and you're you're so tired and you're so weary. He said, I want to tell you the secret for that. Just renew your relationship. Because he said the renewing of the Holy Ghost is where strength renews itself. So you got two choices to trust and believe in. And he said, you will obey the one and love it or you will disobey. And that's why we cannot afford in this last day to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It is a critical thing because, and, and, and our banker, do, do you really like coming to this house? You know, they tried to get him to take a bigger job and a, a bigger deal going. 
And he chose to stay in this area. But it's a nice feeling when you're a banker to have people that trust you, isn't it? But, but you know, really, it's nicer for you to be able to trust them. <laughs> and, and, and so it's a two-way street. And the Bible says some trust in horses and some in chariots. But then he turns totally 180 and said, but we have remembered a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Almighty. Oh, could we praise him because you know a little bit about him? I mean, with all your heart, no, no, no sanctimonious stuff, no Pentecostal stuff. I'm talking about praising from way down deep. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for the assurance. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you. Yes, I will listen to that call. I will come. I will come in the morning. I will make every day a new day, just like you'd make it for us. Praise God. I wish you'd smile at somebody close to me as if to say, I like you still. Let's look at your future. You've got two choices. Serve the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, or fake it and just go to church every now and then or pray every now and then. But trust in the stuff. You can tell when you're, what you're trusting in, and that doesn't mean you're not tempted. I, I can tell you I'm tempted when the stock market falls to see if I ought to get another job. Not because I'm going to leave him, but because I know if that stock market goes too far down, we're all going to be uh, needing cash. But I'm telling you that because I want you to know that we all go through the same feelings. There's a lot of things that cause us momentary doubt until we grasp our faith back and say, look, I've got to renew my faith. Because I can't afford to let that faith thing go because it's what's gotten me this far. So, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that you young folks, uh, I mean, I, I think, wow, what a group of young people we got here that are awesome. But... Looking at me now, I know that it don't think it was a realistic thing, but I used to worry that I would never get to get married. But it happened. Now I got two fabulous girls, and God only knows how many great grandkids I'm going to wind up with. This thing is moving on. But the greatest thing is that God's been good through every bit of it. 
And when I think of the goodness of Jesus, all he's already done, I have no doubt about what he's about to do. Some of you were so far out yonder. And the first time you probably turned him down, he had that hand out. I have an open door. And now I'm calling you out of the world into my world. And you had doubts about it for a while. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in the courtyard of the king. And you find yourself in relationship with the Messiah. And all of a sudden, the wisdom is almost overwhelming. Because when you look at the word, you think, I can't do that. And that's when you've got to have the preacher to build your faith. Because at that moment, you feel like, I can't. That's your flesh crying out, don't try it. And the God of glory is saying, I'm calling you. And the preacher is saying, he's calling you. I'm not calling you into Pentecostalism. God is saying, I'm calling you into my spiritual kingdom. I am calling you out of the world to give you a word that is a world without end I am calling you out of the world to join a society of the redeemed I am only calling you out of a sinful nature 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 and nation and call you into a kingdom that is a world without end ladies and gentlemen come out of the world is only an invitation to come into a bigger world a better world a more glorious world a more fulfilling world there is nothing like kingdom living I would never preach another message if it didn't work you think Kyron stand up with your male man there all of the all her kids that are in here would y'all stand up his kids and don't nobody stand right now that don't belong And then I got a whole other tribe up in Arkansas where my mother was born in Arkansas. Not living there, but ladies and gentlemen, and then now this whole church is growing up into the kingdom business. But I never dreamed that it would be so wonderful. But you think I would trade my wife for another one? Not on your life. That lady has given herself, shared her life, given her heart, and she has helped raise these kids and grandkids and actually some of your grandkids. Y'all can be seated. If I go, did he go? I said, did he go? You believe in the resurrection? He went. And he said, if I do that, don't you ever forget it. I'm not going up there and forgot you. I'm getting a ready, a new future for your life, your kids, your city, your world. I am going to prepare a place for you. If he could come and keep every word that he ever said before he got here and he fulfilled all the law and the prophets, the Bible said, he fulfilled every bit of it. And now he said, if I go away, I'm coming back and I'm calling.
calling you out of this world. Be ye ready. Be filled with my spirit. Be baptized in my name. And let the glory of the Redeemer satisfy you with the bread of life. Y'all go ahead and come get ready. Maybe I'll quit. Whether I go, you know. And the way you know. How many of you know he's not in the grave? There would have been no sweat. Never would Rome have had to worry if that grave would have still had him. The reason Rome has fought so hard, the grave was empty. And he said, if I go away, I'm coming back. I want to be full of his spirit. I want you to be full of his spirit. So Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, you're looking at it. You watched it from the cradle to an empty grave. And now you're seeing me on this side of the grave. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father or the source of life but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father. And from henceforth you know him because you've seen him. That's the catalyst of the oneness message. That God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. The door is by faith repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost you will start speaking in a heavenly language where your soul goes straight to the Father or the source of life and then in your future the Bible said when you renew the Holy Ghost or though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity I am become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal you can descend with it or you can pray in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit itself will make intercession with the source of life and will employ wisdom in your hands in your feet and you will be able to teach these young people all the glory of what it means to walk through the door this altar's open I don't have time to finish all of this but I want you to see it we're, we're, we've got big plans. Somebody say a whole campus. This campus, this building, that building, that building on Audubon God gave us, this one back here, all of the buildings and all of the parking lot and all the area. And, and I can't thank the neighbors for already helping us fill in the trench over here. I, I mean, we've got people that are tearing up highways and putting concrete over there where the city won't do it for us but God said I'll make a way where there seems to be no way he's doing things I have never seen I'm telling you God is on hand he is a ready God he is a willing God and he's doing everything you don't want to miss being filled with the Holy Ghost if you want a renewing of the Holy Ghost please come 
33,000 people in a ball stadium. What was that, three years ago or two years ago? Sweetheart, you remember? Three years ago. I wish you'd have seen them. 33,000 young people filling a ball stadium. I'll never forget one of my preacher friends walked down to the front in one of those coliseums like that. And over here on the left was a Marlboro man. And he walked down to the front and he addressed the entire congregation. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, last night, this was the stadium for flesh. But we have turned the Marlboro station uh, uh, location into a sanctuary because God inhabits the place where people praise him. Wow. If you want the Holy Ghost, please slip up closer to the front so these people can pray with you. If you want to be baptized, talk to one of our ushers. They're the men in their blazers, and uh, there are others that will be glad to help you. But uh, please feel free. If you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus as they sing all over this building, I wish somebody would travail for at least two or three minutes over our city and over people that are hungry. If you just want to renew the Holy Ghost, this is a great time. You just want a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. So I will believe. Pray where you, you are. Do All over the building. I know you're moving. I know you're working it out. So I will believe. Creator, healer, wonder working, miracle God. You can do
can shut it. No one can shut it. No devil from hell can stop what God has started. Oh, when God gives you a word, it's ever settled. It's ever settled. No devil from hell can block what God has started oh, 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 oh when God opens a door no one can shut it no one can shut it no devil from hell can stop what God has started no devil from hell can stop when God gives you first, just a simple prayer of faith, and then pray that we will reach our city with a testimony. You're not going to make them come, but your life will attract them. Your voice will attract them. Father, I praise you for this group that is gathered here today with a very deep purpose. I pray the glory of your word, the glory of your spirit, and the glory of their receiving this new birth, a new life, a new future. Be such a powerful source in a city that the word of God, the river of life, will flow into the desolate places. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Shake hands where you can or where you feel at liberty. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making this a place, a sanctuary of the Redeemer. You can do anything. I know you're moving. I know you're working it out. So I will believe. Create. Working miracle.
can't stop what God has stored.